0: Game week seven is out of the way we're on another international break now so we've got time to activate our wild cards rethink what we've done throughout the, the season so far and then prepare for probably a marathon session that's coming up from game week eight until possibly the festive season so yeah greg how was your last game week
1: I mean I got absolutely punished for making my my early transfer last week which I deserved. I brought in Alonso and then by the end of the week it was clear that he wasn't going to play. So I ended up taking a, a hit to bring Rudiger in as well and then uh, no clean sheet for Rudiger. So it it was it was looking quite dire at at one stage but uh, I got a small red arrow. At the end of the day it wasn't it wasn't a terrible week for me. I got 47 points minus 4. Um, so it was okay. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, my team's certainly looking in better shape, but uh, not the best game week. How about you?
0: Yeah, same. Yeah. Also, I've got I got to forty one points, uh, largely because of Salah doing what he did, and then uh, Jimenez getting ten points. They were the only two players I think who actually returned for me, if if I remember correctly and uh, also very small red arrow so i look at you know when when you're in the 500,000s which is where i am at the moment to drop from like 519 to 560 or whatever really is negligible you know i feel like mm. i got away with it uh, <laughs> to a certain extent and i remember we what in fact you won't believe this but i made my transfer from G- Reese James to Christensen, while we were talking last week, I just didn't want to say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then he was benched. And I mean, this this yeah. rotation is killing us at the moment.
0: Exactly. So, just to give you an idea so far of 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 the players that I've had miss out, especially in defence. Okay, so since the start of the season, I've had Feltman and White miss out due to COVID at the same time at one point, right? And then I brought in Kieran Dyer. I'm not Kieran Dyer, man. What what's the other Dyer's name from, from Eric, Eric Dyer, wow, <laughs> what, what, what a throwback there, right? So, so anyway, I brought in Eric Dyer from Spurs, he got me seven points first game, which was fine, but the next game, he got injured and he got one point for me, yeah. and then I, did, I moved him out, I got James in, and... And then he got benched and then got one point and then now i got in christensen for james and then he got benched. so yeah i i just can't seem to get a break with with these defensive play and then trent was sitting on my bench injured so th- th- that's been the story of my m- my defense so far this whole season
1: yeah it's, it's been pretty similar for me it's been an absolute nightmare when it comes to transfers but uh, i'm pretty happy with where, where my team sits at the moment i think uh, I'll I probably, I, I'll be lying if I say I haven't already made another early transfer, which is again breaking the, the, the rules, but uh, I decided that uh, Foden had to come into my team after that performance last week. I mean, he was just nice. really sublime against uh, against yeah. Liverpool.
0: Awesome. Who, who did you bring him in for?
1: I, I took out Greenwood. Uh, Greenwood was, was due a price drop, which I know we shouldn't really be paying too much attention to, especially this season. Um but I thought it was time for Greenwood to go. I think his, his minutes are going to be limited going forward. Um, you know, a lot of the United players are back and fit. And I just I just thought that his time, especially with their fixtures coming up, his time was pretty much up for me. Uh, and definitely time to bring a City gamble, let's, let's call it, because you're always gambling with the rotation. <laughs> but time for me to bring a City gamble in. And I thought, uh, yeah, I, it was always planned to be Grealish um but i just have this real snagging feeling that grealish is going to get benched this week
0: yeah i I must admit i'm also feeling the same way so you know i've brought in i've had grealish for like three weeks now and and i have i've really been kind of i brought him in because I, i wild carded and i just kind of held on to him knowing that okay too difficult he had southampton which i thought okay he could return and then he did i mean city bland because they it was a goalless draw but then i knew okay two two tough fixes against chelsea and liverpool which i'll kind of write off any 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 returns there was a bonus and then i was keeping him for this block of burnley and and brighton and i think is it palace or something right but now yeah. i'm also starting to think like oh my goodness i i have no idea what's going to go in there but i'm hoping that he at least plays two of those three games and if that's the case then i'm hoping that he also returns and and it's enough but yeah i I, he's dropped in price at the moment so he's now 7.9 yeah and i still have him in my team Uh, i I think
1: i think he's a good long-term hold i think i think he is going to play the majority I, i like i said i have this nagging feeling that he's that he's going to get benched this week so for bringing a player in i've decided to avoid him but if i had him i certainly would keep him i think he's going to play at least four or five maybe nine out of ten games he seems to be the most one of one of the most nailed on city players Yeah, yeah. so and i i don't think you're in a bad wicket there i think you just might get a little bit unlucky this week um potentially
0: yeah. and and it's such a pity because it's burnley which is probably one of city's favorite fixtures over the last few years as well they always seem to hold massively against them. So, yeah. yeah, but like you say, you know, you may as well just hold and be a little bit patient. But yeah, he did have a price drop, but I wasn't too worried about that. And mm-hmm. the other one that, I'm, that I've kind of shortlisted is Cancelo and he's increased in price. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a bit of a tricky one. But the way I see it at the moment is that, look, I suppose based on my on my transfer planning over the next week or two the reason why I didn't react to to it at the moment and I haven't done any transfers at the moment is because I do plan on moving Ronaldo to Lukaku now whether I do it this week or next week is is, I'm still kind of caught up between the two and I suppose we'll get to that just now Mm. but I I think knowing that I'm going to have and funny enough Ronaldo dropped in price last night so would you believe that and uh, so he's also dropped in price now, which is a bit of a pity. But I think knowing that I will put some money back in the bank, and I do have a point six from the James to Christensen transfer that I did as well, means that one way or another, I will be able to get Cancelo into my team. The other part is, is that with Trent not being confirmed fit at the moment, we just don't know whether you'll make it for Watford on time. I really, really had to hold because... I against Watford I definitely want him but on the other side of it is that you know so I think we, the, even if Trent is fit you just didn't know I think it was you who had like two or three players flagged the last time and all of them ended up missing and you and did you end up having to even take hits if I remember correctly right
1: yeah I mean I've unfortunately I've taken a hit I think the last three weeks and yeah. it, it's it's something that's so frustrating because you really don't want to take hits yeah. and I keep and I and I keep Getting to the point where, I, you know, as the game week's about to start, I say, well, if I just take one hit here, I won't have to use my wild card and I can keep <laughs> that in my back pocket. A- a- and it's unfortunately, it's, it's cost me a lot of points and I think it's a mistake. You know, I, I-, I made a big mistake with my first. Actually, actually, my first hit was actually really good because I brought in Lukaku and I captained him. And w- God, when that you. Yeah. W- when you're captaining someone and taking a hit I think it's it's less of an issue because you can really return on, uh, on weeks like that but then I took a hit to bring Matip in for Tsimikas and Tsimikas played and Matup didn't and then I brought in Alonso and Alonso didn't play so I had to bring Rüdiger in and Rüdiger didn't get a clean sheet um, so I've really uh, So did
0: you bring in Rüdiger for Alonso or did you bring Rüdiger for someone else?
1: I brought Rudiger again for, for Trent, for him being oh, okay. injured. Right. Yeah, so that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think you've got to be so careful. These hits really, like they don't pay off that often. And you have to be, I think when you take a hit, you really want to be cap- doing it to, to, to captain someone or doing it for some sort of double game week or you know like we had last week, a triple game week. I mean last season, sorry, yeah. a, a triple, triple game week. Um, but other than that i think that you've got to be very careful when you're taking hits i think generally you're going to be losing uh EV when you when you do them
0: no uh, uh, that's it and I, I, i'll be honest like there's times this season like uh, i think believe it or not i think out of the seven game weeks so far i think i've only had 11 playing members in three or four occasions so on on so many occasions i've only had 10 players who've completed the game week and I mean, you're talking about it's such a small sample size, but it's over 50% or almost 50% that I haven't had a full team going into the week. But here's the thing, I actually don't mind because on every occasion, I've looked at the players that I shortlist for those positions, if I had to take a hit to to replace them none of actually most of them blank i think the only one that i considered possibly taking a hit was ronaldo against newcastle and i decided against it at the end and and look i would have captained him definitely and he and and look he scored like 13 points so with captaincy 26 minus 4 22 point that's great returns right but yeah. every other player that i remember specifically looking at after that the, the previous uh, international break when son was confirmed injured i could have taken a hit to get a full playing 11 but the players that i shortlisted like oh who, who, who i could easily do it uh, you know like um uh, torres ben rama jota all of them blank that weekend so mm. that means i was better off playing with the 10 with the 10 players because i would have still been sitting with the deficit of like minus one or minus two because torres kept a clean sheet so he got three points so yeah. it just shows that sometimes you you know you have to be so strategic when st- taking hits you have to be so sure about it because sometimes you you could have a fully playing 11 and it looks good on on screen but actually for your points it's actually hurting you
1: yeah i, I agree 100 percent. i think uh i'm really gonna focus on it and i think i've i've made my mind up I'm going to do my absolute best not to take any more hits and I think I'm my own worst enemy because I keep making these early transfers instead of waiting for uh, team news and press conferences and they're really it's it's just silly you know chasing price rises and price falls really isn't worth not you know picking the wrong player and having guys that aren't going to play. Um, so it's it's really, you know, any advice I can give is wait for those press conferences on the Friday before the before the game week starts and make your transfer once you know that all your players are going to be fine, there are no injuries, there are no issues with your team. Uh, it, it makes a huge difference. It's not worth chasing the, the rises and falls.
0: No, definitely. And also the other thing I'd say regarding taking hits is that If it was a player that you're bringing, if it's a player that you're planning on bringing in for like five, six, seven game weeks or whatever, like I can think of City defenders at the moment, right, which is so good fixtures, even Chelsea maybe. Yeah. That if you're taking a hit, maybe because like like you said, okay, you had Trent who was injured and you brought in Rudiger, right? I still feel that it's not a bad move because yes it, it it sucked to take a hit and then having his clean sheet wiped out during this week but over the next few weeks the fixtures are so amazing that you could make up those numbers within two maybe even in the next game week right yeah but if you play if you're making an unplanned transfer for a player that you don't even really want that you might want to get ready in two weeks time you might not see the benefit of it and i think that's the biggest issue for me is that if if you, you you know strategically that player fits into your team for long term then you know what it, it, it's no problems over there but yeah i think just taking hits for the sake of it as well is just not worth it
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah. and then uh, you know talking about taking hits like last season i went nuts with it uh, i took <laughs> like a, a, a look i was upside chasing the whole time because of my poor start and look some of it i must say worked out really really well especially the ones who i brought in and captain immediately but a lot of them were absolute flops like i can look at it and i can see many places where like i mean uh, you know uh, we were talking about it uh, you know um, offline and we were saying that maybe we should do a, a, a segment one day where we just talk about a you know instead of the, the 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 game week previews and so on talk about lessons that we've learned over the years or of even from last to this season and one of the things i learned is that you know especially when when, when taking hits and transferring players you need to be so um, wary of how you're doing that because if you're transferring out to injured player okay it's four points but if you're transferring out a player who's at least going to play, you have to consider that a minus six, because assume it's a minus six, because they might just get you the two appearance points at a minimum, you know. And then if, if they're going to actually play and return, let's say they get ten points, you know, in total, and then you add a minus four, you've actually you need to make up fourteen points just to break even to make that transfer work out.
1: I know it's really insane when you when you look at it like that, and and that's why I say. Sort of a rule that I've made is if you're going to captain someone or if there's a double game week, that's a different story and you can look at it. But as a general rule, try to take no hits. And I think uh, the best FPL managers in the world—that's the strategy that they follow. Yeah. They don't make early transfers, they don't take hits, and you, you've got to realize this is a game over 38 weeks. Don't worry about being ranked 200,000th or 500,000th or a million or whatever it is at this stage. You've got a long way to go and you will make up those numbers if you just play good consistent uh fpl and make good decisions
0: yeah definitely and, and here's the thing right like i was just looking at the numbers this morning so uh, in in game week six i, I think I, I might have mentioned it in the previous episode but when when uh, you know when, when wolves and southampton played each other and i remember you telling me it's a 50 50 fixture So to hedge my bets, I started Jimenez, which definitely he was going to start, but, but I also started Livramento oversize. And the reason why I did that was because I would have been so frustrated. I would have really, really threw something if let's say Southampton beat Wolves 1-0 and then both my Wolves players blanked. And then I have Livramento sitting on my bench with a clean sheet. So what I did was I kept uh, Jimenez in my team but and I started uh, uh, um, Levramento, and then, yes, Levramento blanked, but Jimenez scored. The unfortunate part was that size got seven points, which means I lost out five points. And that five points was actually almost, uh, would it, because the rankings are so tight at the moment, it cost me about almost 100,000 places. I would have been around 400,000 at the moment, right? Yeah. But yes, let, let's look at it at the flip side. If you take a hit of minus four, before a minute is even played, you, with the rankings being so tight, you've actually lost 100,000 places. And when you th- think of it that way, you're saying like, wow, sh- you know what? It might Taking the hit might be more costly than having a player with points on your bench.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. And uh, yeah, there's, there's not much more to say. I think yeah, just yeah. generally... Yeah. Generally, just don't take hits if you can avoid it.
0: Yeah, no. Look, that's definitely one of the things I've been trying to do this season. Is not is really resisting the urge to take hits. One or two times, maybe, like I said, Ronaldo against Newcastle, I could have done it. But the rest of the time, I looked at it and I was still like, I've dodged a bullet, you know. But I probably will be taking one or two over the next few weeks, maybe, maybe if I can delay transfers, I'll do it. But yeah, I think right now, I'm I'm kind of content with where I am. Just need to see where the trend is fit and then after that decide what my transfer business is going to be. But in saying that, let's let's crack on and get to uh, Game Week 8's fixtures, which is probably going to be a long wait. We've still got on, over a week and a half left. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the first up, probably the one that everybody's going to look at for captaincy because after the City game, it seems like everybody now believes that Salah is the best player in the world. So, guys, um, yeah. he's the best captaincy option for for game week eight.
1: I mean, he's so far ahead of everyone else. It's it's actually a little bit scary. Um, it's just he. I mean, if you saw the the game last week, he the two the, the goal he scored and the goal he created was just unbelievable. And the the model agrees with it one hundred percent. His stats are off the chart compared to other other players. And I think he he. he I mean, he's the no-brainer captain option. Uh, Wat- Watford, poor defence. Uh, even though it's an away game, I think you just captain Salah. Even though it's an early kickoff, um, and there's <laughs> there's all you that stigma attached to, to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you just go with Salah. I think he, he's by far the best. Uh, it's just too difficult to 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 really pick. A, you know, City have the next best best fixture, um, or actually they have the best fixture in terms of uh, expected goals this this week. Um, but to try and find a player that you know is nailed on is going to be very difficult. So I think Liverpool versus Watford, they they projected to score 2.5 goals, 2.6 goals this week. Um, City are 2.8. So I think you go with the guy that you know is going to play in 90 minutes. The guy that is the, the player at the moment, you go with, with Mo Salah.
0: And then Watford's got a new call, a new manager now in Ranieri as well. I doubt it will make that much of a difference anyway, unless this new manager bounce, I suppose. But I think I mentioned it last week when, when we were recording as well, that uh, I think it was about two seasons ago, I captained Salah in the early fixture against Watford, but I think it was at Anfield. And he ran riot at game, uh, triple captained him, sorry. And... I got like fifty-seven points that game. It was absolutely incredible. And yeah. So, I, so not only did I captain the, the play in the early fixture, I triple captained him, and it was maybe that's the secret of it. It's not not to <laughs> captain, but to triple captain. To triple captain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I'll do it this week again. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but um, I mean, this week, next week. But uh, yeah, it, it's like it's, such is he, his. Uh, his form at the moment and the numbers that they're producing is so incredible and talking about numbers let's look at it okay so the highest xg at the moment is liverpool at 17.24 and they've scored 17 goals right yeah and uh, looking at open play fixtures which i don't think we sometimes i don't think i put enough emphasis on open play but looking at open play xg is 12.39 and liverpool has scored 11 out of those 12.39 and from set plays Liverpool still have the highest XG as well, so they have the highest open play XG and the highest XG um, uh, xG on set play with 4.06 and they've scored five from set plays. So all the numbers in terms of attacking stacks up for Liverpool at the moment.
1: Yeah, they, they've been excellent and I think, uh, you know, the, defensively possibly a little shaky in the, yeah, in the last, last couple of weeks. But they're still projected to get uh, at 44% to have a clean sheet this week. So, you know, if, if you've got, I, th- I think we, a lot of people are going to be holding out for the, for the news on Trent's injury and whether he's playing. So I think wait for those co- press conferences. If you've still got him, wait to find out whether he's going to be playing or not. Uh, and if he is, then he's, then he's an easy, easy hold. Um, yeah, definitely.
0: definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then on the opposite end of it is that it, Watford actually have the lowest XG now after after seven game weeks, so they have five point seven six, so just slightly lower than Norwich at the moment w- with five point eight seven. The difference being is that they've sco- actually scored five more goals than Norwich, so seven to two. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it and, and looking at that over there, th- so even those numbers don't look extremely threatening as well for Liverpool defensively.
1: No, they don't, and I, I, I you know, I would expect Liverpool to keep a clean sheet. Uh, if not, I think Watford will be lucky to get away with one goal. I think I think this is going to be a fixture where Liverpool really run riot, and I think the the City fixture is going to be similar. I think those are going to be the two the two big fixtures this this yeah. week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No. Definitely. And then uh, so so yeah. I mean, look, I'm I'm hoping that uh, uh, the, the Trent is fit. But one thing that now you've mentioned City and we men- and we're speaking about Liverpool right? I know that generally picking a premium uh, goalkeeper is not something that, it, it, it comes across as but amateurish, if I want to call it that over there, especially yeah. in FPL, but considering how well, you know, City and Liverpool, I mean, Allison and Edison are just leagues ahead of every other goalkeeper in the world at the moment, right? And apart from that, there is that they produce great numbers every season. Yeah, okay, bonus points is not always going to be there, but at least just from a baseline, from, if uh, you know, purely for clean sheets and so on, considering that there's so much value to be had, or, you know, elsewhere in in terms of midfield, attacking options and so on, do you think it will be worth getting a premium goalkeeper at some point in time? Do you think it actually becomes an option this season?
1: I I still don't. I think the the value, when you look at goalkeepers on a value basis, Rams- that good. Yeah. Ramsdale the problem is that they, they, they have a very low ceiling so you, yeah. you you're pretty much going to get a clean sheet you know save points are, are bonus points very difficult to predict um if, if you look at the the goalkeepers on clean sheet basis only and, and in terms of value um your best option at the moment is Ramsdale from Arsenal yeah um he's he's just miles ahead of everyone else and and Sanchez is next if you're going to really look at a premium um and it's 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 statistically it's not the worst idea um, to go for someone like edison uh, just because he is in terms of points per million gained it it is a lot higher than a lot of players but you're still going to have that that issue with with a ceiling in terms of how many points you can score so uh, my first choice would be ramsdale my second choice would be sanchez and i think if you if you're looking at a premium option in my opinion the only option is actually edison um, he's, he, you know you might even get a sneaky assist from Edison the way that he distributes the ball, um. But Unless I think you're
0: looking for goal threat then it's Allison.
1: But <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I th- uh, funnily enough, Allison is, is one of the worst value goalkeepers at, at at this stage. I think Liverpool, in terms of uh, uh, projected clean sheets over the next six weeks not they're good but they're not fantastic and with that's with a the price tag tricky fixtures in there as yeah, as I'm not mistaken, yeah exactly and with a price tag of six million allison just doesn't become great value so i, I would stick to ramsdale if, if, if you are looking for a keeper on wildcard Um if not i think if you really want to go premium i think go go edison that's that's by far the best choice
0: I'll tell you why I'm asking the question as well. I've seen it thrown up on, on Twitter a few times as well, where people are, are starting to seriously consider premium keepers. And like I said, you know, generally we don't really look at that because there's no value in it. But w- one thing I noticed was like, especially let's let's think of it in this way, like Trent is injured at the moment, right? And yeah. we don't actually actually know exactly how long he's out for. He might be already, you know, be, be fit for the next game week and that will be fine, okay? But let's say, for example, a lot of people will look to say, okay, let's move trend to Diash or Cancelo or someone, right? Mm. And then all of a sudden they have this money in the bank and that's great. And then all of and then you're looking at it and thinking, okay, well, yes, Liverpool haven't had the greatest defensive numbers over the last few weeks, but they still have the third best defense, right? And, uh, based on the mo- the numbers I've seen on your model, they still la- rank like third for defensive fixtures. Yeah. But so let's say for example if you wanted coverage from like Manchester manchester city chelsea and liverpool so you could you could possibly look at maybe going with the back three and and doubling up on chelsea or city so you have like a combination of two and one from one of those teams and then you can say okay well let's have an allison in, in, in as a keeper or the alternative is like double up on city defender plus uh, edison and one liverpool defender and i looked at it and i thought wow actually that's not too bad but you know logically like you say statistically makes sense but value wise probably not much and so so that's why i decided i may as well just put the question out there because Mm -hmm. it's it's always quite an interesting one and it just shows that there's no real one way to actually play the game as well
1: no there isn't Uh, but the one thing i would say is that uh, City defence and Chelsea defence I- in first and second is so far ahead of Liverpool in third, they they're in fact I think uh, Chelsea in second is, is almost 50% better than, than Liverpool's numbers, um, so when you're looking at, at these defensive rankings, you've also got to be a little bit careful. Um <laughs> no, because, no, what you're saying. Yeah. Because Chelsea and City's fixtures are that good and, and their defences are that good that I think you really want to, you know, a guy like Trent has amazing attacking ability that adds to that that defensive ability. Um, but when you're looking at a goalkeeper, you're looking at purely defensive ability. And so if you're going to go a premium option, I think you, you want to be going for either a City or, or Chelsea keeper. Um, just because of how far ahead their defensive stats are.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And also, I was looking at the Liverpool fixtures and I actually thought to myself that if it wasn't for Trent's attacking abilities, I'm not looking at any Liverpool defenders a must-have over the next three, four, five weeks or whatever it is, because the fixtures are not bad, but they're not great either.
1: Yeah, they're, they're not fantastic. Um, I think you've got two, two really good games um, where there's potential clean sheets in game week eight and game week 10. Uh, that's Watford and Brighton, and other than that, you you know you're looking at good to average fixtures. Um, you know you've got United away, which is which is a very very average. Um, West Ham away, which is it's not going to be great. Um, so I think what you really want to focus on, if if you're looking for defensive guys, is like I said, City and Chelsea. Yep. If Trent is fit, that's a great addition. Otherwise, I think there are a lot of other options. I, you know, for personally, I think if you can go two Chelsea defenders and and, and a guy like Cancelo, I think you're probably in the prime seat for the next uh, next six weeks.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, okay, well, that answers the premium goalkeeper question. uh, (laughs) I think it's quite comprehensively answered that, yeah, it's not a bad idea, but you could probably do better than that. (laughs) Exactly. Awesome, dude, right. So look, um, like I said, I mean, it was so evident that salah is going to be the best captaincy option again for for game week eight no doubt about that over there really looking forward to that one actually you know and uh, the next one is aston villa and wolves so now wolves my goodness finally patience has paid off raul Jimenez, two weeks in a row has uh, has has returned man I'm, I'm so happy about it so what you make of this fixture over here
1: uh, this this ranks right right at the bottom of my uh, uh, sort of attacking fixture ratings for, for f- predicted goals. I think this is this is probably the snooze fest of, of the weekend. Um, so I think you're going to probably see the least goals in this game personally, just from from looking at the model. Um, I would expect a, a a one-one type finish between Aston Villa and Wolves. I don't really see any fireworks happening.
0: So not good for defense and not good for attack.
1: Yeah, look, the d- defensive stats: Wolves are 28% for a clean sheet, and valor 34%. So, sort of middle, you know, average to middle of the yeah, road, yeah. Um, and they, the by far the lowest to you know, in terms of combined uh, predicted goals on the model. So, I think, yeah, I think you're going to struggle to see anything, anything happening here. I think if you have got Jimenez, he's a hold for for a number of weeks, and. Uh, this is this is not a terrible fixture you know i wouldn't be surprised if 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 anyone's involved in a goal for wolves i think it, it it could be him uh but it's not a fixture that you're looking to captain anyone not a fixture that you're really looking for anyone from the defensive side i think it's uh yeah it's it's, it's a, a bit of a boring fixture to be honest
0: yeah and uh huang has uh, got a price rise from wolves last night so yeah. that's quite an interesting one uh i mean to be fair he's, he's done well so far but uh, yeah, I suppose he's won at, at, at such a great price, he's definitely on the watch list as well.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, he's the next bandwagon at this point, so we'll see how he does. Uh, th- the model doesn't rate him too, too highly with uh, you know, last season stats when he was in the Bundes- Bundesliga in- included. Um, but we'll see how he does. He's, he's been involved in a lot, of, uh, a lot of their goals in the games that he's played. Um, and Jimenez is, is sort of taken the, cre- the creator role with him, so it looks like a good partnership. So maybe that'll improve, and as the numbers improve, I think his his ratings should improve on the model as well. Uh, but at this stage, still still bandwagon status.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. And looking at the expected goals conceded, Wolves have the fourth lowest uh, after City, Everton, and Brighton. And then uh, in terms of xG, you know, Wolves were actually quite high a few weeks ago, but now they sixth which is actually not too bad but yeah look it um, definitely look at least in terms of output it's got a bit better fine enough you mentioned uh, huang's uh, bundesliga numbers it's, it's 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 quite amazing how when you work on a small sample size or eye test it can be so deceiving because the only other time i've seen him play was against um Uh, Was against Liverpool in the champions league and he was absolutely amazing
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean look the bundesliga he only played i think 480 minutes so it it wasn't even a big sample um so you you really aren't looking at uh at any sort of big sample size when it comes to him um so we're gonna have to see what he what he does this season in the premier league it's always difficult
0: sorry but uh, now that you mentioned it are you talking about German Bundesliga or Austrian Bundesliga? Because when he played against Liverpool, he was actually playing for Salzburg.
1: Ah, that's that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'm not sure. I've got it. I've got it in here as the as the Bundesliga, but it could be. I think it's the German Bundesliga that he that he he was playing have in last season. Leipzig, yeah, yeah. From, from, yeah from Salzburg so to Leipzig. Yeah. yeah, I've got Leipzig. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, okay, so that makes sense. So, so he, yeah, it maybe he was posting much better numbers in the Austrian Bundesliga and he looked absolutely... F- he, him, it was actually him and Minamino who played in that same game with Haaland as well and they were all absolutely amazing you know they they were like you know like a, a swarm of bees you know but <laughs> yeah it 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 was quite uh, quite an exciting watch yeah uh, look yeah I, i'm just so uh, relieved that you know having him uh, in as is paid off and like you said you know he's a long term hold and and wolf's fixtures are looking good and I, and you know looking at the the predictive model that you put together as well he, he, you know, he, he's still with the fixtures that they have. I think it's still worth just keeping him at the price that he is as well.
1: Yeah, he, he, for me. I mean, I've had him since, I think, game week two, two or three. So, really, like, the patience has paid off with Jimenez at the moment. I'm going to be a little bit more patient with him, I think, for the upcoming fixtures. Uh, I'm really hoping that that Wilson comes back from injury, because I think he's the guy that I would really be eyeing to to replace Jimenez with once, once that fixture run runs out. Yeah,
0: I um, and, and I suppose uh, Villa and... Uh, have a fixture swing around about now as well. So Ings and Watkins and so on come back into contention.
1: Yeah, I think Watkins is another option. I think his stats are, are better than Ings, uh, surprisingly and yeah i think the other person that uh, might start coming in he, he was a, he was fashionable at the start of the season but i think uh, brentford have a nice fixture turn as well and i yes, think uh, right, yeah. i think tony tony i think wilson and tony are the two guys that are sort of on my mind as uh, as him and his replacements depending on, on when it happens
0: with those to, uh, level, th- with those amount of budget options, we might be sitting with like five or six million in the bank. Who would have thought? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know it's 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 such a good feeling when you don't have to use all you know every every single point zero one of your uh, of your budget.
0: Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> because every player that I'm looking at so far always seems to be cheaper than the ones that I have, which is, <laughs> which is so rare. Like Premiums don't seem to be like that high up on the agenda at the moment. Eh?
1: Nice. No, it's, it's definitely the season of the budget uh, players.
0: Yeah, and, and I've seen also that you, you have rated Villa's uh, defensive fixtures quite highly as well. So the likes of Matty Cash and so on. I think we did speak about them last week as well. They'll definitely, definitely come into play yeah. soon.
1: Yeah, and they, and they seem to be getting some decent attacking returns as well. So I think uh, definitely one to watch.
0: No, definitely. I mean, looking at looking at the, I remember like after like game two or three, Villa's expected goals conceded was sky high, and since then they've improved so much. It's it's actually you know quite uh, quite amazing. Like they went from look I know it's such a small sample size to work with but they went from being in like one of the three worst defenses for expected goals conceded and now they're up in the top six so they've really drastically improved
1: yeah no they're really looking good and I think attacking wise as well so yeah it'd be interesting to see how they go I think they've got a decent run uh, coming up uh, no, no no real tough fixtures but a lot of average. you know sort of average, average fixtures yeah. when, and we'll see how they go
0: Okay, so next up is Leicester and Manchester United. Now, that's quite an interesting one because one of the the, the transfers earmarked for game week seven, game week eight around this part, was Ronaldo to Lukaku. And same year for me, that's what I'm planning, but I'm holding off as long as possible during the international break, so I don't have any issues with injuries and whatever. Right yeah. now the the thing is yes we know about historic numbers or whatever but here here's the thing right you know every season is is unique and we take it in isolation and looking at it at face value it seems like leicester are just worse defensively than brentford at the moment now Genuine question is like if you had Ronaldo in your team at the moment, would you say, look, you know what, I'm I'm still transferring Lukaku in anyway, or will you be like, no, you know what, I'm holding on to Ronaldo for another week?
1: Well, I think let's look at the numbers because the, the numbers usually tell the story. And at the start of the season, I would have said that your your transfer for this game week was was earmarked perfectly, but we've seen Brentford's defense has been. Vastly improved uh, or, or better than what we expected and Leicester's defense has been vastly worse than we've expected So if we look at the predicted goals on the on the model for this week Man United are predicted to score 1.68 uh, versus Leicester and Chelsea for instance are uh, Predicted to score 1.76. So there's really nothing in it um, So if, if you if you are looking to hold Ronaldo for another week, I don't think that it's a bad option at all
0: Yeah, because I think maybe I'm a bit sour about it as well, but since I've brought in Schmeichel on my wildcard, I think I broke him because he's conceded exactly two goals every single game, and one of those games was against Burnley, and then they took the lead against Palace and conceded two. So frustrating. I I,
1: I don't know who gave you that terrible advice to bring Schmeichel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: look, that's one of those times where you just have to say, look, you know what? That's where the human element comes in. Data is never 100%. But uh, yeah, look, uh, honestly, do you do you look at Ronaldo being a captaincy option uh, as uh, b- by any means? I mean, look, we know for the fact that Salah against Watford, it's almost going to be a landslide. Uh, you know, the effective ownership might even hit 200%. But do you if you're looking at Ronaldo and thinking okay here's a captaincy option I can't believe I'm making my Ronaldo my spicy uh, captaincy <laughs> option for the week but you know we may as well do it I mean
1: yeah no I, I, to be honest no um if, if you if you drill down into Ronaldo's stats he, he, this season he's only performing at um let me have a quick Quick look here at 83% in terms of Delta. So he's underperforming even his expected stats on on my model, um, and and that's quite it's quite a worrying sign, you know that given the fact that he's been rotated last week. Um, I would expect him certainly to play this week, but I think you've got to be a little bit concerned that he's that he's really taken up that poacher role, and I I think that your 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 captaincy armband is better placed elsewhere. I think if you can. If you can place it on Salah, I think that's obviously the, the best option by a mile. Um, and then your next option is is probably taking a spin at one of the City players. Um, uh, if not one of the City players, I think I would go Son or Kane before I went Ronaldo this week.
0: Talking about, uh, about Son, man, I, I'm so disappointed with myself. You know, I had him for game weeks 1, 2 and 3 and he returned, you know, double digits twice. And then I let him go in my wildcard because he was injured and he's yeah. continued and if it is one decision I feel this season that I can kick myself, it's like why did I doubt him? <laughs> but I, I,
1: there's, there's nothing more remarkable than taking a look at, at, at Sun's stats and yeah. seeing him for a period of two or three seasons scored almost double his expectation. Yeah, um,
0: it, it, it's absolutely incredible. And yeah. you look at it and you think, wow, if, if this is a, pur- a purple patch of three years, wow. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's so incredible. And to the point where, you know, if if I was irrational or I was upside chasing, I'd probably bring him in for, to play against Newcastle. And then, uh, I mean, look, uh, Son against Newcastle is definitely, I suppose, a rival for Salah versus Watford in captaincy
1: yeah i think he's not a bad option at all and it, i found it very interesting that uh, the the best fpl manager in the world brought son in last week um so what a what brilliant timing from him to bring him in and he gets uh, gets those two returns uh, in the game but uh, I, you know i think he he in terms of short-term fixtures he does look good and you know as as uh, you know someone a, as a spurs fan who, who who i work with reminded me Um, Cain and son traditionally start quite quite slowly i think kane more so sun's usually usually not not so much in that in that yeah, realm K- but kane is
0: generally still a spectator during august and September. yeah i think October that, he, kicks into that he, life. he
1: really kicks into life and so i think that sun and kane are, are possibly the forgotten options this season and uh, you know i think they're gonna then they're, they're gonna start hurting some people it's 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 not like last season where if you didn't have sun in your team you you know you're probably gonna dra- gonna drop a hundred thousand uh, ranking points yeah. ranking places when he returns but uh, you know they've got low ownership and I think they're they're definitely an opportunity to to jump on those two
0: yeah look the one thing I can say is at least I have something in common with the best FPL manager at the moment is that you know we had Son at some point this season (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) yeah look I'm so disappointed and look to be fair the numbers just didn't it, it was stacked up against him right let's let's put it that way so it wasn't looking great for spurs at all but yeah this is Son we're talking about and i, I suppose we in, because we're talking about leicester and manchester united i mean i've been speaking about ronaldo but the one player that i actually definitely want to speak about even more is vadi he keeps on doing it he i mean look he's been scoring for years now but even this season he's the numbers look crap, Leicester look crap, but he's just putting out numbers. Do you think he's worth getting in at some point in time?
1: Yeah, I mean, the man just never stops scoring. And if, if you look at the model, he, he's consistently in the top 10 or top 20 of, of, of all the players in the prediction model. And that's because his stats are just so consistent. Um, this season, he does look like he's on form. Um, it's always good to see, it's always nice to bring in players that are, that are scoring above their expectation. I think it, it's quite a nice like sort of stat to use when you are bringing players in is to think, is a guy underperforming or over, overperforming his stats? And you know, you the, the data analyst in you will, will would, would actually think the opposite way, would think reversion to the mean and let me go for the guy that, that that's due. But in, in terms of football, it generally is the other way around. You want to go with a guy that's that's outperforming because that outperformance tends to last in, in, in sort of these streaks that happen uh, during the season. So Vardy at the moment is, is at 163% this season. So I think, you know, Leicester's fixtures, att- attacking-wise, don't look terrible. They've got United and Chelsea in the next six. And other than that, uh, Brentford, Arsenal, Le- Leeds and Watford. So, you know, I think... you. you I think ideally you want to pe- possibly be waiting for after that chelsea game to to bring him in but i think the price tag with Vardy is the thing that's putting putting a lot of people off i think he, if Vardy was around nine million he would become possibly even an, an essential option
0: but i'd like to also then go further with that is that Vardy at 10.4 and lukaku at 11.6 now look i I know for a fact that Chelsea are just a far superior team, mm. but the fact of the matter is, I mean, at almost at over a million less, uh, are, are we seriously overlooking Vardy here and 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 maybe putting too much importance on someone like Lukaku, or is it just looking at Chelsea as a team as a collective and thinking with the fixtures that they have, it'll be almost suicidal to go with Vardy over Lukaku, for example.
1: No, I think your, your thinking is right. There, in terms of expected points per million, they they're at similar value points. But the thing to remember that uh, that sort of pushes Lukaku way ahead of Vardy is that Lukaku is a captaincy option. Um, and if you're captaining Vardy, um, although they have similar value ranks, the the points difference is is ex- exasperated by the by the double captaincy points. So. You know, points per million, they might be the same, but if that's, a wi- if that's a one or two point difference, it starts to become a four or five point difference. And it's, you know, that, that, that w- when you're captaining those players, it becomes a much bigger difference. Uh, and, and the value for the captaincy is, is, is far superior. So I think y- you've got to have uh, Lukaku and your team over Vardy if you're going to be using him as a captain. If you weren't using him as a captain, I think they have very similar options in terms of, uh, in terms of value.
0: Yeah, no, it definitely. I, I suppose the same goes for Son as well, where you will consider captaining him at some point in time. I mean, I captained him in game week three because he was playing against Watford and then Salah was against Chelsea. And uh, so it, it kind of, uh, you know, made sense because I think uh, was it Manchester United played against Southampton or something I can't remember exactly they didn't have the greatest fixture for captaincy so I swerved them and I decided to choose Son and it paid off but in reality it's not the type of player that I'll be overly confident of putting the captaincy on regularly
1: yeah I think with, with Liverpool and, and, and City just having such amazing attacks at the moment I think Liverpool I mean Salah's going to be your captain I think a lot this season um, and then with with Chelsea's fixtures at the moment, I think either Salah or Lukaku are going to be your, your sort of slam dunk captaincy options. So, with that said, it, it starts to you know a guy like Sun is not really going to going to edge into that captaincy space in the in the next in, in the forso- foreseeable future anyway. So, that's when the 10 million price tag starts to become a little bit difficult. Like I desperately want him in my team, but in terms of pa- in terms of balance, it just doesn't make sense. Picking these really expensive players, unless unless they do fall into that captaincy category.
0: Yeah, unless it goes back to what we were saying earlier, where if we have all these budget enablers in our team, we might just be able to sneak in and so <laughs> on. Yes. So exactly, I, th- th- I suppose that's one thing to look out for. Eh? Yeah. And then the the the, the next picture that we spoke about already, City versus Burnley. Now. Whenever City play Burnley, uh, man, I, I just feel for Burnley. It has like Liverpool versus Norwich vibes again. Um, we, you know, we spoke about the fact that captaincy around uh, City is so uncertain that if, if you could p- find a nailed-on player, then well done, you know, go for it. Captain him and you're probably onto a winner over there. But even defensively, it, it, it's, it's such a great uh, fixture for, uh, you know, against Burnley as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, to to be honest, a guy like Cancelo pops up, but you've got to be so worried about rotation, and that's the problem with with City. I think, you know, if anyone's nailed on, probably your your best bet is De Bruyne, but
0: and, and probably from defensively maybe Diaz as well.
1: Yeah, Diaz, but the thing is, Diaz is just not going to really bring you those attacking returns. Yeah. yeah. So you know, you know when you start looking at captaincy, you you. You you really want to go Grealish? You want to go Foden? But you are so worried about the rotation that it just it makes it too much of a gamble. Um, so if I had a guy like De Bruyne in my team, it's it's certainly one I would consider. But again, his his price versus versus seller at the moment it's just a no-brainer. seller is just so far ahead. So I don't think a lot of people have the have the funds to bring uh, De Bruyne in. Um, so I think generally you're going to be wanting a City player, but you're always going to be staring at that team sheet as, as the news comes out uh, before the game.
0: Yeah, And I think we, look, we, we spoke about City quite a bit and we also mentioned the premium keepers as well. So I think mm. <laughs> everybody knows where we stand with City. And we, Burnley is like an untouchable at the moment. So um, the next one is Norwich and Brighton. Now, Brighton have been quite good attack, not looking great, defensively much better. And then now we're playing against the worst team in the division against norwich so uh if if you're taking a one-week punt would you consider an attacker from brighton
1: no i I really wouldn't i think this is this is this ranks number two on the snooze fest for me (laughs) um also very low goals predicted here norwich versus brighton Uh, norwich unlikely to score brighton I mean, you never really see many goals out of Brighton as it is, so I, I think you definitely not captaincy options. Um, in terms of clean sheets, Brighton are at 39%, which is it's above average, but it's not it's not fantastic because it's an away fixture. So, I mean, there's really not much out of this game. You don't want to have Norwich players. If you've got Brighton players, you probably consider consider playing them. Um, but you're not going to be blown away. It's not going to be one of those which you're going to be fist-pumping uh, and turning the game on to watch with uh, with bated breath.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a nice way to put it, yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, it looks like everybody's targeting Norwich anyway, but, yeah, I agree with you. It doesn't seem to be high ceiling. I suppose if you have defensive assets, then that's great. You know, you, you're probably, you know, onto something over there, I suppose. But, yeah. And then Southampton and Leeds now Southampton look they, they they've been looking good defensively and to be fair i mm. mean they got that red card as well so and then livramento i mean to top it off he even gets an assist during the past weekend how's that for for for, for something right i mean so.
1: w- world class for four million defender i mean i'm i'm so happy i can say i had him in from game week one <laughs> um but he's just he's just probably the best value in the game at the moment um and the best bench fodder you could hope for if someone doesn't play you go oh i've got livermento on the bench like he's probably gonna probably gonna bring me a clean sheet
0: and what's so cool about him is like he he also feels like a genuine starting option as well he At 4 million, it's very rarely you can say that of what a 4 million player, but he's an actual genuine option to start. Like, if there's a good fixture to target, you'll have no problems with putting him into your starting 11. And, uh, yeah, it's really, really such a nice option to have right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, Southampton have fixtures coming up, uh, I think game week 9, 10, and 12, where they're 28, 29% for a clean sheet, which if you've got a 4 million uh, defender... That that's like gold. I mean, it's it's only one in three, but I promise you, you'll take that. And uh, Southampton have been really good, like you say, really good defensively. They surprised City. They've been been really good. I think they were unlucky against Chelsea with with the red card. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, again, I, you know, I wouldn't expect too much out of this fixture. I think uh, Leeds, I think it's sort of middle of the road. I don't, I don't think it's as bad as as the other ones. Uh, I would be favouring my my Leeds assets uh, over the Southampton ones. I think if you've got Rafinha, you're very happy that he's in your team. Um, but I wouldn't expect any any major fireworks here. I think, uh, I think, I, I think I'd go with a Leeds win though.
0: Okay, interesting one then. Like, I mean, you, you've mentioned Rafinha already, which is probably a player of interest for me because I have him as well. So yeah, let's see on that one over there. And then uh, I, I suppose one of the teams of the moment, uh, Brentford playing Chelsea, now we saw them kind of being tested against Liverpool. But they came through against West Ham and they played really well. They got a late mm. winner again. And I think they, they they definitely have something about them where it's not one of those thing, teams we're looking at and thinking, oh, wow, okay, you know, newly promoted team, let's target them. They, they are far from that at the moment.
1: Yeah, they've been really good. And they remind me a lot of Leeds last season. Um, I think I think Brentford—they're go, uh, going to certainly be massive options uh, from from the Brentford side going forward. But I think this is the f- this is the hump fixture. I think they're going to struggle against Chelsea's defensive units, They're only projected to score 0.68 goals, which essentially equates to Chelsea being over 50% to to uh, have a clean sheet. So I think this is the fixture everyone wants to get past. And I think from game week nine. The Brentford attacking guys, Mbwemo and, uh, and Tony, become really, really good options uh, and really good budget enablers for your, for your squad.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and even defensively, some of those fixtures, I think they play all of the, 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 the crap teams that we're targeting, Burnley, Norwich, Newcastle as well, if I'm not mistaken. So it might be worth a shot there with these Brentford players.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at 29%, 34%, 26% uh, sort of clean sheet rates in, in, in some of the games coming up. So it does become options. I mean, when you get cheap Brentford players and, you, and you're looking at uh, clean sheet rates that are that high, definitely, definitely worth looking at.
0: And then Chelsea, look, I mean, we we, we briefly spoke about him, you know, I spoke about Lukaku and and Ronaldo, should we be, you know, who's the better pick at the moment? And you said, like, it's fairly even at the moment between uh, Lukaku and Ronaldo. And uh, so, yeah, so I suppose if you had uh, Lukaku in your team, would you even consider captaining him? Would, would you even consider captaining any Chelsea player against, against Brentford, considering Brentford have been doing so well?
1: Uh, it's quite funny. The, the model doesn't really like this fixture for Chelsea too much. Um, you know, I think Salamane, the the City guys... Even Trent, Son, Antonio are all ahead of, uh, of of Lukaku for this week. So I wouldn't be captaining Lukaku in this game. Uh, I'd be going certainly be going elsewhere if, if, if I had the chance. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a game where Lukaku can certainly get returns, but I, I think they're just better options when it comes to captaincy picks. So I think you want to be going for the Chelsea defence. I think a lot of people are doubling up on, on Chelsea defenders, and at 51% this week for a clean sheet, that's the reason why. So I think uh, if you've got Chelsea defenders, definitely want to have them in your team. If you've got Lukaku, it's, it's, you, you just want to keep him for the fixture. Run. Yeah. And I, this is not a terrible fixture, but it's not it's not that great fixture that we were expecting at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, it it has the the some vibe similar to Sheffield United. Was it last season where they were they were doing poorly, they weren't even winning games, but they were winning. They were losing by such low margins that. Uh, they just weren't good options when you for for captaincy as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I'd would, I would avoid Lukaku as a captaincy option this week. And uh, yeah, they just said, uh, some really good you ones.
0: Ronaldo, if you're planning on like Ronaldo to Lukaku, it may just be worth holding off the transfer as well. I suppose.
1: I, I don't think it's a forced transfer. I think if, if it's one you have free like a free transfer to make, you, it's it's one of those that you, it's probably not a bad idea. But I don't think it's forced. I think it really comes down to to sort of your gut feel. The the numbers are very close either way.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. And then uh, on Sunday's fixtures, we have Everton and West Ham. Now, this is a nice one because both teams have kind of like given us some budget options. Uh, You know, obviously, we have uh, an FPL legend in Antonio on one side, whose fixtures actually get a bit more difficult, if I remember correctly, over the next few weeks. And then Everton who, uh, with their, with their bargain-basement players from like Gray and uh, Townsend in real life, who seem to keep on coming up, even Dukore, who's coming up with assists and so on. Those guys keep on coming up with numbers every week. What's going on there?
1: Yeah, that, that's been quite impressive. I, I don't see Townsend's numbers being very sustainable. Um, I think Gray's been been pretty good. Um, and I think Decore has been surprising, but also I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's sustainable in terms of, uh, in terms of returns. Uh, although the, the manager did speak quite specifically about him being a, a more attacking option uh, in his setup. So it is interesting to, to, ke- to keep an eye on. Uh, but I think Gray is probably your best bet with, with Everton at the moment. And obviously Antonio with, with West Ham. And I think we're going to see sort of, also I, I think this will be one of the more exciting games of the weekend. Uh, I think we should see some goals. Uh, I'm, I'm not expecting too many clean sheets in the in the West Ham uh, Everton game. They're both less than 25 to to keep a clean sheet, so I think uh, it's going to be de- definitely on the goal fest side of things.
0: So no spicy captaincy options here. Uh, options on this uh, fixture either. <laughs>
1: no, I don't think so. I think I think if you have Antonio, he, he's always an option this season. Um, if you if you go down the list and you don't have any of anyone else that you that you really feel strongly about but, um, then then he's a potential pick but um, you know i'd certainly be picking antonio over ronaldo for instance uh, this week
0: wow that's an interesting one i know i never expected that There. okay well that's why so i suppose that will be one fixture to look out for this this weekend in terms of uh, i mean not this weekend in gaming it for entertainment value right? exactly should be a good one yeah and then Newcastle and Spurs. So we, we, we've we spoken about Swan already. That, like I said, could be a rival captaincy for against you know, uh, versus Salah and, and Watford. But, yeah, Newcastle's defensive numbers, they still have the worst expected goals conceded. They mm. have, they, they've been there holding on to that, that that top spot on expected goals conceded all season. And they've been even outperforming and... They've conceded 16 goals from an expected goals conceded of 13.65. So you look at that, there' no real surprises there. And I suppose they they might always be good for a goal, maybe against Spurs. But you're looking at this fixture, you have to think, okay, if you really, really wanted to make a transfer and bring in the Spurs attacker, it's not a bad option, I suppose.
1: Yeah, this this is going to be definitely on the top end of the goal fest this week, I think probably second to the liverpool Watford game uh, and on par with the City-Burnley game. So I I, I think the reason is that, uh, you know, City-Burnley it's going to be City firing them home. But I think Newcastle will have the potential to score some goals in this fixture too. Spurs' defence hasn't been fantastic. Um, Newcastle' defence has been diabolical. So I think we're going to see goals from both sides again. I think the Sunday fixtures look great. I think if you're going to watch some good football, I think Sunday is probably the day where you're going to see some goals.
0: Interesting, yeah. Actually, now that I'm looking at it, yeah, it might be, well, what, what guys call it? Super super Sunday. Whatever. Super Sunday, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Monday's fixture. Man, I I, some, I I actually quite dislike the Monday fixtures. I prefer the Friday ones, you know, those are mm. quite cool. But yeah, Monday, Arsenal play Crystal Palace. Now, Arsenal have been a bit resurgent. They've got some uh, good fixtures coming up as well. And Crystal Palace, I think, only have like one win or something like that but they 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 look quite resolute but i mean the teams at the bottom are so closely packed together so few wins between them as well so yeah what do you make of this fixture over here
1: yeah i I think uh, i also don't i don't think this is going to be fireworks i think this this is sort of middle of the road i would expect a 1-1-2-1 type of type of results probably edging towards arsenal um Arsenal's still a tough one because there are no real clear options. I think uh, Saka is probably your, your best option from the Arsenal side. I wouldn't be going too close to their defence at the moment. I think Ramsdale and goal is probably your, your best defensive option. And other than that, uh, Crystal Palace, there's not a whole lot going on. I think uh, Zaha looks looks pretty good, Gallagher looks good, but... You know, you, you, the, the problem you always have with Crystal Palace is that they, they're one of the lower ranked sides and they're just not going to get that goal output that the, the top sides are. Um, the only thing to keep in mind is that they've got Newcastle next week, which is, is a very, very good fixture for them. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking at, at, at Crystal Palace options, I think Zaha probably t- would, would top my list. Um, and Arsenal, I think, probably Saka.
0: Awesome, yeah. Well, uh, that that's an interesting one. And as uh, and uh, what do you think about Emil Smith Rowe? Do you think he could be one that he plays quite centrally as well, quite cheap?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised by the love for, for Smith Rowe. And when it when it comes to the actual numbers, I just I just I'm not seeing it. So you know, he's all the way down in ninety sixth position on my on my model. So um, you know, that's that's for the next. That's for this game week coming. And if we look at six six game weeks um let me scroll down and see he, he's still not he's still nowhere really you know i think i don't even think he's in the top 100 yeah so
0: his numbers never ever actually looked that great yeah. but i think it's just like i think people like the idea of him because of the fact he's so cheap and he can be a budget enabler and almost like it was similar to maybe gray or gallagher where you think okay at that price it's it's almost like a low risk move. You can put him in if he scores, he scores, he doesn't, it's okay, you know. But I, I suppose even in that price bracket, there's just so many better options at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think if you're going to look at that price bracket, I really would favour Mbuemo and um, you know, there, there's one other that's that slipped my mind now. Uh, sorry, Gray. So if I was looking at the five million options, I would be going in or, or Gray for sure. I think there are leaps and bounds ahead of. Uh, Uh, even even a Gallagher or um, you know uh, sort of a Smith Rowe so that's where my money would go at the moment Um, even Saar which is he's also quite low in my rankings but he he comes ahead of those guys as well so I I would be going Saka from Arsenal um, Bueno, and and then Gray probably uh, Gray being being the best of, of, of the bunch
0: yeah awesome stuff so look I mean now we've got uh we, we we've gone through all the fixtures we've got a long wait until the 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 Game Week eight deadline it'll it feels like forever and I think one of the most excruciating things is holding on to transfers and checking price rises during the international break but it'll be interesting to see how things go and yeah hopefully um uh, you know hopefully our players come back in, in 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 one piece so that we don't need to have a billion players flagged in our teams and uh, yeah um I'm, and 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 i think from from my perspective i'm hoping that my wildcard team that i built in game week you know going to game week five it was kind of all geared to to kind of taking off now and mm. I'm, I'm just hoping that i can finally realize the potential of it because it hasn't been great so far but I think you know with with patience. I think they they are ready to take on these next few weeks of fixtures. Yeah,
1: this this is a big fixture turn this week. So I think uh, City and Chelsea have fantastic fixtures. I think you you'll start to see the the you know sort of realization of of what you've been planning in that side. So let's let's hope it's good for everyone. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, cheers, Greg. We'll we'll catch up sometime, and uh, yeah, we'll. Uh, like i said you know it's going to be a long wait but uh yeah all the best for everybody in the, in their planning and the, and the waiting and and uh yeah to, to to more points in game week eight
1: yeah i hope everyone survives the weekend without football i know i know i'm going to be in a in a very depressed uh state but uh let's hope we can make it through the break